Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, could this be a make-or-break season for Joel Embiid and the 76ers? Ramona Shelburne, she is here with us with the latest coming out of Philadelphia. Plus, five years ago today, the Toronto Raptors, they traded for Kawhi Leonard, and y'all know the rest is history. Which team right now, though, is just one piece away? And earlier, Jimmy Butler, he made a guarantee to Miami fans that you're going to want to hear, especially considering he has a pretty good track record of making good on these things. And the Boston Celtics will go to the NBA Finals. Next year, we will have enough, and we're going to be right back in the same situation, and uh, we're going to get it done. There is a toughness to this Miami squad. Four of the last five times Boston's been in Miami's building, they have won. We're going to keep it very, very, very consistent, knowing that we are going to win this series. give a damn what happens we're gonna go in there we're gonna win the heat are going to the nba finals the denver nuggets win their fourth straight road game in these playoffs and regain home court advantage we're gonna come out with a lot more energy we're gonna compete at a high level we're gonna get one at home Welcome to NBA Today, Ramona Shelburne, Tim Bontemps, I'm Malika Andrews, Zach Lowe, Kendrick Perkins are going to be with us in just a little bit. But you may be wondering, why did we play you all that? Why did we play you, Jimmy Butler, saying what he was going to do during the playoffs and then making good on all that? Well, it's because earlier he is in China and he had some very interesting comments about what he is promising to Miami Heat fans. Take a listen. I think the most important factor of us reaching the finals was just teamwork. Um, the way that we've played all year long, it was never about one guy. It was never about two, three, or four guys. It was always about the team. You know, playing together as a unit, um, we played that way all year long. We played that way in the playoffs, and it got us to as far as it got us. Uh, we came up short. That's okay sometimes. It's, it's always the same expectation. Um, I have to be able to get us over the hump to win a championship. I know that the group of guys that are always placed around myself um, is capable of it. Maybe we all got to do a little bit more, but um, a championship is coming to the future in Miami. All right, Kendrick Perkins, Zach Lowe with us as promised. So Jimmy Butler just said it. Not only is he going to win a championship with Miami, he also has said, he's told us this story on NBA Today, he said it again here, that potentially Miami could be the last place that he plays in the NBA. So Zach, I want to start with you here. They made it to the finals last year. They've lost a couple of key pieces. At this point, we're all on Damian Lillard to Miami watch. What is the ceiling for the Miami Heat this year? Are we, are we going to sit here and, and doubt Jimmy Butler? No. How many no, times Lord. are the Heat going to have to defy <laughs> expectations? Two finals, a conference finals where they're one shot away from a third finals. That's Jimmy Butler's four seasons in Miami. Lillard or no Lillard, do not count this team out. Even if they don't get Dame Lillard, yeah, they lost two starters from their playoff run in Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. They'll get Tyler Hero back in this non-Dame scenario. Kyle Lowry's still here. And look, 
look, Boston's got to figure out a new identity with Porzingis and without Marcus Smart. Philly's in limbo right now. Milwaukee's got to figure out what in the heck happened to them in the playoffs. Another bad playoff collapse. Of course, they won the title two years ago, so they get some leeway in that sense. I'm not counting on Miami. I'm not going to pick them to make the finals unless they get Dame, and even then, I'll have to think about it. But Jimmy Butler, he can proclaim whatever he wants, and I will listen, and I will not doubt him anymore. Mm. Well, it's not about doubting Jimmy Butler, to your point, Zach, but I think the last thing you said is the most important one, right? Which is that, as of right now, nobody's picking the Miami Heat to make the NBA Finals. If they get Damian Lillard, I think they have the best big three in the NBA, and I think they would arguably be the favorites to yeah. make the NBA Finals and arguably to win the championship. And to me, that's what is at stake here for Jimmy Butler and the Heat. As we know, Jimmy's in his mid-30s, as is Damian Lillard. There's a reason why they are the one team that's really trying to get into Damian Lillard sweepstakes because for all the risks that come with trading for a guy who's entering his age 33 season that is owed $200 million, that is a guy who is not exactly a defensive stalwart mm-hmm. on a good day, he is a guy that if you put him with Jimmy Butler this year, and next year, that team can win a championship, and that is where the difference in the ceiling is. Yeah. If they get Damian Lillard, they can win a title. Without him, yeah, they'll be competitive in the East. They could potentially get back to the finals again, but you're not going to sit here and say the Miami Heat are definitely a championship-contending team. With yeah. Damian Lillard, that is their ceiling. Well, but being doubted, right, that's exactly where Miami, that's yeah. exactly where Jimmy Butler, that's exactly where this team thrives, Kendrick. And I think, Zach, to your point, we're still, we still have questions. What, what exactly is going on with the Celtics? How is Kristaps Porzingis going to fit? You know, there's a couple of a, a minor uh, tune-up, right, for Giannis over the summer. How is he going to look coming back? Again, never doubting what Giannis is going to look like. But there feels like there's a little bit of wiggle room perk at the top of the East. Well, not exactly. It's not too much wiggle room. And look, <laughs> one thing about it is that I, 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 I will not come on here and disrespect the Heat culture, Eric Spolcher, and Jimmy Butler. But I will say this. They're not the favorites, nor would I have them the favorite, even if they picked up Damian Lillard. The Milwaukee Bucks, the way that, they, the way that they're currently constructed, we know what Giannis is going to bring to the table. And let's be honest. Right, part of being able to get to the finals and winning the championship, you have to be lucky with health. And we know that Giannis Antetokounmpo, he missed a few games in that series, and even when he came back, he still wasn't 70% healthy. So now you look at Chris Middleton. He finally get an offseason. I have everything invested into the Milwaukee Bucks this upcoming season for us representing the Eastern Conference. I don't want to disrespect the Miami Heat, but even if they get Damian Lillard and they was to face this Milwaukee Bucks team again, I'm picking Milwaukee in the series, Hmm. and I'm picking Milwaukee to go on to the NBA Finals and represent the East. Man, Richard is not here, so I have to be the one to ask, like, is that the Milwaukee Bucks team that lost (laughs) the Heat in the first round? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's that one. Same team. Um, Here's with the the healthy Giannis potentially, though, right, for the entire series. (laughs) Correct. But go ahead. (laughs) But to me, the the issue with the Heat is while they wait on Damian Lillard, it's restricting their ability to fill out the roster around Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I mean, you lose Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. Okay, I believe in the Heat culture, and I believe that there's someone in Sioux Falls that we don't know about or someone that they saw at Summer League that they're going to bring in, and we're all going to be wondering where they came from. I like Hawkes that they drafted, right? But but because you have so much influx, because half that list that you're showing on the screen there is seeing their name mentioned in possible 
steals for Damian Lillard. It's hard for the Heat to fill out that roster right now because of the uncertainty that is going to take. And Joe Cronin's word from Port the general yeah. manager from Portland, could take months. Yeah, there are no rush here. So we're talking about who could be winning the title come 2024. I can't believe, by the way, that we're already halfway through 2023. Where did time right? go? So we're talking about those champions. Let's, yeah. let's talk about the champions that have already been named. Of course, I'm talking about the NBA Summer League champions because the championship game, it was played last night. Ooh, we, since when? Man, we I thought the Rockets had this. Ima Yudoka coaching up his squad. Obviously, we, we saw Cam Whitmore, the display that he has put on in Summer League. He's going to be joining us a little bit later. But Cleveland, man, Houston had a problem. Certainly did. Isaiah Mobley looked like his brother. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Isaiah Mobley all over the place. Amani Bates, he had a couple of good moments in this one as well. I, I think Cam Whitmore heard everything everyone had to say about him on draft night. Yeah, absolutely. Cam Whitmore joining us a little bit later on NBA Today. But Mobley, to your point, Tim, 28 points, 11 rebounds. He wound up taking home the, the game MVP honors. Final seconds of the third quarter here. That's good. At this point, Cleveland is just cruising. Oof. And everybody was ready to go home. And everyone is ready to go home because two days in Vegas feels like a week. The Cavaliers win 99-78. to Now the Cavs, they became the eighth franchise to win the Las Vegas Summer League Championship. They could become the fourth team to win the Summer League title and post a winning record the ensuing season, joining the 2018 Trailblazers, the 2015 Spurs, and then also the 2013 Golden State Warriors. So let's stick in the East here because uh, for you, Perk, the Cavaliers, what are your expectations going into the season? Because they were a little bit disappointing in the postseason last year. Well, going into their second year with the core group of guys they have in, in, in Garland and Donovan Mitchell, um, you're looking at uh, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, those four alone, they should grow from last season being spanked by the New York Knicks. And I believe that they will get better. They improved the depth on their bench. Um, I, I believe this kid, Imani Bates, will come in and actually play some minutes off the bench. Not saying he's going to get 30. But the Cleveland Cavaliers' goal should be at least reaching the conference finals. They have to get to the conference finals the way that they look on paper. They have too much talent. They have an MVP caliber player in Donovan Mitchell who could put up 30 on any given night. They have zero excuses not to reach the conference finals this season. How, how realistic is that, Zach? I was going to say, a couple of excuses for them to not reach the conference finals are the Bucks and the Celtics, and we'll see what happens <laughs> yeah. with the Sixers the and Heat. maybe the Heat with yeah. Damian Lillard. Like, conference finals is not a given. But look, Malika, you said the playoffs were a disappointment. That undersells it. Mm. The playoffs were a complete disaster mm -hmm. for the Cavs. Their guards didn't make shots. Their young big men were completely overwhelmed by the moment and outmuscled by the Knicks. And I also thought they were outcoached. And I think they will all grow from that. They added shooting all over the place with Max Struess and George Niang. That should loosen the floor for the guards and the big guys. And I just think their defense is completely legit. They'll learn from the playoffs. And although I wouldn't say conference finals are bust, I do think a top three seed, number two, probably number three, might be a little more up for grabs in the East than it was last season when we had all these juggernauts. One of those juggernauts, Philly, again, is in the James Harden limbo right now. So I think Cleveland should continue to win more games in the regular season and be better in the playoffs. Winning a round, I think, would be nice. Winning two, I don't think it's fair to say yeah. it's a disappointment if they don't do that.
And this is the year they have to do it because they're about to get very expensive. I mean, Evan Mobley is going to be due for a very large contract extension pretty soon. And, I, you know, I think with, with this group, you have a lot of money tied up in Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, Jared Allen, and pretty soon. Now you spent money on Struess. You spent money on Niang. It's going to get very expensive going forward once the young guys start to get paid. The story for the Cleveland Cavaliers this season is very simple. They have one year to convince Donovan Mitchell to stay there. Mm. If they can't, they're going to have to look at trading him next summer. Yep. And for them to take this kind of leap, Evan Mobley has to take a significant step forward. He's got to be an all-star caliber player instead of a promising young player. Yep. If he does that, has of a chance. If they don't, they're going to be a very, very interesting summer next summer. Perk, you look bewildered. I am, but uh, because this, to me, when I look at the top teams, like Zach just said, we, we got to see how the Celtics look with, with Prozingas and losing Marcus Smart and losing, losing Grant Williams. This team is basically bringing everybody back. Mm. They're a core group of guys. And of course they're going to grow. You know what happens when you have a disappoint when you're a disappointment in the postseason? All summer long as a player, you got to hear about yeah. how yeah. bad you were. And so guys are using that as motivation. You don't think these guys have a group message or group thread or whatever you want to call <laughs> it. They got it going next. on. Yeah. What a, yes, yes, what a, yeah. they're getting What's together. And I just feel like I'm looking, I'm looking at the Eastern Conference right now, and to be honest with you, yeah. the Milwaukee Bucks are the only team I see that actually is well put together for me to call them a guaranteed lock. I just think they've graduated, right? No longer are the Cavaliers being judged by the regular season. We saw what they were able to do. They were the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference last year. Now they've graduated to the next level. Yeah. They will be judged on what they are able to do in the playoffs, and that's a good thing, but it also comes with a little bit of a target on your back because you're no longer the, the hunters, you're the hunted, and that comes with a different set of expectations. That's just... That's what, it, that's what happens in the NBA. Yep. Uh, coming up here on NBA Today, we have Cam Whitmore stopping by to join the show, but also Joel Embiid. He, he may have won MVP last season, but that's not necessarily what he has his eyes on going forward. Hear from general manager Daryl Morey. NBA Today is brought to you by Miller Lite. Great taste, 96 calories. Tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to NBA Today. 
So here's where we are. Joel Embiid, he's entering the first year of a four-year Supermax deal. He's just won his first MVP, but his recent comments about wanting to win a title, quote, in Philly or anywhere else, they've drawn a lot of attention from us NBA fans. And Embiid in Philadelphia, they haven't made it past the second round in all six of his playoff appearances. So Ramona Shelburne is with us now. Ramona, how did those comments reverberate around the 76ers organization in particular? Okay, around the organization or around Philly? <laughs> Both. Because <laughs> I think around the organization, I don't think there was any surprise. Look, Daryl Morey picked up the phone and called Joel Embiid after he heard those quotes. And Now, granted, those quotes were from Thursday, but they didn't air until yesterday because yeah. they were they kind of wasn't from a, a public event where it was going to be aired. But he picked up the phone, called him, and said, "You know, how uh, you all right, big guy, right?" But I, I think the Sixers organization is very aware that there's pressure on them to win. There's been pressure on them to win mm -hmm. the whole time, and they want to reassure him, "Hey, we're going to do whatever we can to put a championship team around you." The situation with James Harden is not ideal, but they are going to try to honor James's request for a trade. But they're going to. They're looking for a player, and this is yep. this is what they're they're looking that will help them try to win a championship next year. And if it's not a player that they can get on one on one for one trade, then they want players that can help them get that player next year. And so the bar is pretty high in terms of their expectations. Yeah, he wants Daryl Moore just want to reassure Joel Embiid, we are trying to win. Like, this isn't a teardown that you're not going to get stuck here in a rebuild. We're trying to win around you. It seemed, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, it seemed like Joel Embiid's comments were congruent with everything that everyone has heard sort of privately. Now he just said it publicly. And even right. this, it was pretty kind, pretty vanilla. I just want to win. And that's what we know of Joel Embiid. But it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what, what Daryl Morey thinks. And he was on Philadelphia Sports Radio earlier today. And he addressed the Sixers and their ongoing attempts to move James Harden prior to the start of the season. Take a listen. Right now, unfortunately, he does prefer to be somewhere else. I do have a long relationship with him. I'm attempting to honor that. If we don't get, you know, either a very good player or something that we can turn into a very good player, then we're just not going to do it. And if James were to turn his mind around, we would all be thrilled. You heard Joel's comments about that. But at this moment, he does prefer to be traded, and we're attempting to honor that. All right, Zach Lowe of the Worldwide Zach Lowe Low Post Podcast. I know you spoke about this at length on it. The 76ers, game seven away, right, from the Eastern Conference Finals. Do, do you really think that this is the time to blow all this up? Or does running it back with Harden and Embiid, does that give the Sixers the best chance of winning? We're not going to do it. That's what Daryl Morey said in those comments about if we don't get what we want for James Harden, we're not going to do it. And I just have to wonder, are they really going to have this happen to Joel Embiid for a second time mm, in three yeah. seasons? Where for a huge portion of the season, he's got to carry a team without its second best player due to some un unhappiness with the organization. Ben Simmons first, James Harden now. It's an enormous burden for a guy who seems to get to the playoffs every year injured and tired from going all out in the regular season. I just... That's just a big, big ask, and you better sit down with Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid's people and make sure that that's actually something everybody wants to sign up for, regardless of what the offers you are and aren't getting for Harden. As for Joel, I agree with Malika. This is almost old news. Before last season on this show, 
We did segments like which team has the most pressure on them to win this year. And the answer I gave over and over <laughs> was Philadelphia yeah. for exactly this reason. When James Harden opted into his contract a month ago and asked to be traded, I said on this show, the most important name in this entire conversation is not James Harden. It's not Ben Simmons. It's not Daryl Morey. It's Joel Embiid. Because since they flamed out against the Hawks two seasons ago with Ben Simmons passing off to Matisse Seibel, and since they flamed out again against Miami with James Harden in Ben Simmons' place, the clock on this has been ticking. There's only so long that you can keep running into the same wall over and over again and switching the players around the guy in the middle. Uh, it's just, yeah. it feels like the pressure has just been building for a long time now. The definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Perk, what do you think of Daryl Morey's comments? Boom! Blow it up. <laughs> Blow it up. Because, like, like, let's be real here. Unless you're, trained, unless you're trading James Harden to get back a Paul George, then what are, what are we really talking about? And... and the Clippers are not going to do that. So at the end of the day, if you bring back a disgruntled James Harden, that's not good for the Philadelphia 76ers. History has shown us when James Harden is not happy, he's not afraid to show the world what if he don't want to be somewhere. So again, we look at Joel Embiid history for us right now, him touching, scratching the surface of his prime. Well, his prime to me is not like every other superstar in the league because of his his injury uh, history. Hmm. And so when you have a guy that's producing at the level he's producing at right now, you have to take advantage of that. You have to go all in like the Phoenix Suns and surround him with players that are going to get the job done. Period. Look, uh, on the Hoop Collective, we have a mantra, actions over words, right? So Daryl could say, whatever he, they're going to do right now in terms of trying to build a winning team. The bottom line is they have to build a team that's championship caliber to keep Joel Embiid in Philly. Now, as we sit here right now, we talked in the last segment about where Cleveland sits, where these other teams sit. The, the, the Sixers right now are not one of the two best teams in the East. They're behind Milwaukee. They're behind Boston. Certainly, they're going to be behind Miami if they get Damian Lillard. So we're already looking at a ceiling, most likely right now, of them losing in the second round again. So then you get to next summer when they're potentially going to have two max slots. Then they have to go into next summer and pit, put pieces around Joel Embiid that are going to get this team to a level that goes beyond that. And if they don't, then we're going to be sitting here going, what is Joel Embiid going to do? Because right. at this point, as Zach said earlier, you keep going to this line over and over and over again, running into the second round wall and losing. At some point, something's got to give. And eventually, it's going to be Joel Embiid saying, I want to do something different than losing the second round. Exactly. It's the question that we ask about superstars. Superstars, mm -hmm. we know they want to win. And at the end of the day, as we've seen with Damian Lillard, you're sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because if you stay in a place where you're not winning for too long, then questions start to come with that as well. And we know one thing about Joel Embiid. That man wants to win. We have a little bit of theme going here on NBA Today. It's, it's Eastern Conference Day, still to come on our show. Years ago today, the Raptors, right, they were one guy away from winning a championship, and then they got it done when they had the acquisition of Kawhi Leonard. So which team right now is one trade away? We're going to discuss. Plus, speaking of trades, Big Perk, he's got a big list of all-time big off-season blockbuster trades. That is a mouthful. See who made the list. And with Summer League all wrapped up, it's only right for us to relive a little bit best moments from Las Vegas, top of the top style, all that, so much more. Ken Whitmore stopping by. We'll be right back. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're watching NBA Today. So five years ago today, the San Antonio Spurs, they sent Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, and Cash to the Toronto Raptors for DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl, and a 2019 first-round draft pick. And, of course, then we got the laugh. Kawhi and the Raptors, they went on to win their first title. The franchise had just 330 days later. And the two-time finals MVP, they opted for, he opted for free agency, signed with the Clippers the very next offseason. So that begs the question, as we welcome back Ramona, Tim, Zach, and Perk to the conversation. The Raptors, they were basically one great player away they acquired Kawhi and so starting with you Ramona is there a team like right now that you look around and say okay one player away from making a real title run here I think there's a few um an interesting one to me is the Minnesota Timberwolves they have a lot of young talent it's only a matter of time before Anthony Edwards like takes that jump he already started to be in terms of the superstar status but there's there's another level he can get to and you have a player who, at some point, I think we'll see Carl Towns on the trade market. At some point, he's so good, but they have, they're just too expensive to keep all these guys together. He's good enough to return a great player. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, what if they get into the Damian Lillard sweepstakes? What if somehow they get that point guard there and Mike Conley is a good veteran there? I mean, that's, that's an interesting team with a lot of talent that could take off if they get the right guy. I, I, like really, I really like the Ant-Man pick. I'm excited to see what he does with Team USA this summer. Chance yeah. for him to really make a launch forward in his career as we've seen guys do before. My pick's easy, though. It's Damian Lillard going to the Miami Heat. The Miami <laughs> Heat, was we've talked about so many times. They feels like kind of on the nose, yeah. I got asked this by our producer, Greg Cottage, this morning. I said, I, I can't think of anybody else, but Damian Lillard to the Heat, I think, as I said earlier in the show, they would have the best big three in the league. They'd have the traditional lead guard, wing, and a big. The guys would fit together perfectly. As we saw in the finals against the Nuggets, what were they missing? A guy to give the ball in the fourth quarter and go get buckets. Damian Lillard is as good as that as anybody in the league. And with those three guys, I think they'd be right there. It's just too perfect of a fit. So hopefully at some point, A, we can stop talking about it. Just and really stretch to, like. to come up with that one. Yeah, hey. no, that was, I, I mean, clearly we, none of us thought of it. Uh, Zach, what do you got? All right, let me be clear. Number one, Ramona stole my answer of Minnesota. (laughs) Number two, my pick is really one year and one player away. This is premature. This team cannot contend for a title this season with a trade. But just keep your eye on the Oklahoma City Thunder. (laughs) They have a ton of young talent. They're getting Chet Holmgren back as presumably their starting center, and their front line is kind of unproven and shaky. Jalen Williams is going to be a stud. SGA was first-team All-NBA, and he should have been. They have 9 million picks 
they can trade. Yep. And remember, although the situation was very different and the risk level was very low, they did come out of nowhere, kind of, and trade for Paul George five or six years ago. So they're not totally unafraid to take a shot on a veteran mm. if the timing and the situation feels right. It's not this year. It's a little early. But I love this young core. It's hard not to. And they are loaded with draft picks. Yeah, I, I kind of have a similar uh, disclaimer as Zach on the front end. So I'm just going to skip all of that. What, what about the Sacramento Kings? I feel like in the playoffs last year, they, they really impressed. Not only did they end their drought, but they took the Golden State Warriors at the time the defending champions to seven games. And you know that De'Aaron Fox, he's talked about how much he learned from watching Steph Curry in that series. Alex Len, I think he played a little bit above his ceiling, but he had good minutes backing up DeMontis Sabonis. Sabonis, Fox, All-Stars. If you could get, I don't know, like a big 3 and D, like, like a Harrison Barnes plus type of guy. Yeah, an OG and an OB, a Pascal Siakam, that I, I kind of like that perk. Yeah, I do. I, I actually like all of y'all got all of y'all picks, but I actually love mine better. And I'm going with the <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies. Look, <laughs> okay. the Memphis Grizzlies, right? Just think about it for a second. We know Ja has a suspension, but he's going to be back. Desmond Bain proved to us last year that he could give you 20 to 25 a night. Jaron Jackson Jr., the defensive player of the year, first time All-Star, expecting big things out of him. Then you bring in vets like Marcus Smart, and also you have Derrick Rose. So now, if you could get a wing, mm -hmm. a wing, just maybe a Pascal Siakam to throw in there, they would be really dangerous in the Western Conference. Yeah, the West has gotten tougher, but I, I like that. I hear, though, Perk, you also have a big list of all-time big off-season trades for us. So take it away, my friend. You damn right I do in this time. <laughs> it's that time of the week. And again, this is not Tim's. This is not Ramona's. This is not Zach. This is not Malika. This is nobody's list. This is Big Perk's list. My list all-time blockbuster off-season trades, okay? Coming in at number five. Here we go. Bam! Put it up there. <laughs> Okay, a little bit of the delay, but we're going with Kawhi Leonard to the Raptors, traded from the San Antonio Spurs. Took, him, took the Raptors to their first championship ever. They were ready to give him the entire city. Free, free stay, free food. He turned it down and went to the Clippers, but the run that he had for the Raptors was golden. Finals MVP. And number four, Malika, you want to say it? I Never got mind, you. I got it. It's my oh, list. All right. I'm running this show today. Here we go. And number I love four. It. One of the reasons I got a championship, my brother, KG, the big ticket. We traded Al Jefferson, who was the centerpiece, to acquire one of the greatest power forwards of all time. And what did he do in his first year in the Celtic uniform? He delivered in great fashion at all aspects, winning defensive player of the year, doing everything he needed to do to bring battle number 17 back to the garden. I just and can't number believe it three, wasn't number one. Zach, you want to you wanna turn that to Zach Lowe? Huh? <laughs> nah, don't do it. Don't mess it up. <laughs> here we go. We so going, at number, like. going at number three. At number three, here we go. This was special. The big diesel, the big cactus. Uh, Shaq, however you want to call it, to Miami. You know why this was special for me? Because guess what? I thought this was the coming out party for Dwayne Wade. This when he got his name flashed. Shaq took the load off of him and he was able to be the best version of himself. That's on number three. At number four, bring it up there. He caught a lot of Two. heat in Boy, New Orleans. I take a breath but, before he does this. 
Bam! Here we go, number two. He caught a lot of heat for leaving and walking out of New Orleans. But AD, we could talk about he's a top five talent. When he's going to be available, he was available in the bubble right next to LeBron James, and he was putting up Shaq-type numbers in the bubble when they made their championship run. He helped deliver a championship to one of the most historical franchises in sports history. AD was at number two as one of as blockbusters on my list for his blockbuster offseason trades. At number one, here we go. Roll it up there, all of us together. One, two, three. Bam! I'm gonna do it by myself. <laughs> now y'all too late. Yeah. No. Number one, Dennis Rodman. The worm. Oh, Lordy. When he was traded to the Bulls, we gotta remember he was already what? A two-time, maybe one time, I believe it was, defensive player of the year, arguably the best rebounder ever. And guess what? I strongly believe we can give all the credit to Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, and rightfully so. But if they don't have Dennis Rodman, they don't get those championships. And again, this is Big Perk's list. You can make your own list, but this is my list. You Carry on. That was it. Was the energy for me? The delivery, yeah. perk. Yeah. That was that was some of your. Can't some KG of your best was the number one perk. I, That's your guy. I thought that was bottle that spice to be the Kendrick Perkins. No, Non-biased. Thank you so 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 very much. Uh, coming up next on NBA Today, the Summer League MVP Cam Whitmore. He joins the show. We asked him about his expectations heading into year one. He's got a little extra fuel after what happened in the draft. Hear about that next. Welcome back to NBA Today. The Houston Rockets select Cam Whitmore. An absolute steal at number 20. The fact that he fell in Ime Udoka pleases me. Hudgens finds Whitmore. Oh, my goodness. From range, got it. And Whitmore through contact and one. Speaking of grown men. Whitmore drives the catch and slams it home. Whitmore three, butter. Kind of proved a lot of people wrong, namely the 19 teams that picked in front of the Houston Rockets. So excited making his NBA Today debut, the Summer League MVP Rockets rookie Cam Whitmore. First of all, Cam, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on the MVP award. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, we are glad to have you. Very excited. So let's just start there with the MVP. Coming into Summer League, what were your goals? Was that one of them? Not really. I mean, uh, definitely was just, you know, to win a championship yeah. and, uh, you know, get comfortable on the NBA floor, a new competition level. So I uh, just want to get comfortable with my, my new teammates and just, you know, be out there. We certainly got to see some flashes of that. Some of the, the Rockets' second-year players coming back, playing in Summer League. But let's talk a little bit about the draft because you were widely projected to be a top-10 pick. We just saw you ended up being selected 20th overall to the Rockets. What were you feeling in that moment? And then how did that fuel you now? Well, uh, during that moment, um, I was hoping to be a lottery pick, hoping to be a top pick. But uh, at the end of the day, God always has a plan. Um, and then, you know, I just let that uh, fuel me, have that you know, motivation uh, on me. Now that chip on my shoulder uh, every, every time I step on the floor. So, uh, I mean, it's, I use that as motivation. It's just a lot of um, 
to showcase my talents at Summer League. Yeah, and we got to see a lot of it. And I mean, at the end of the day, you're human. To feel all of those things is completely normal, completely natural. Um, but okay. now you're in the NBA. All of that is behind you. I've already heard you say you want to win Rookie of the Year. Is there someone who you think is your biggest competition? Why do you think that's so realistic for you? I would just say my biggest competition, just, you know, probably the all-star that's in the league today. But uh, I'll definitely say a goal, individual goal of mine is to definitely win Rookie of the Year. I definitely uh, have that coming. I definitely can uh, probably, you know, make a competition to win that. Hmm. Why do you feel so confident that you have the skill set to be able to do that? Not just the skill set. I just think I have the confidence overall. Mm. I think I have the biggest skill set uh, in the draft right now. And I think I'm just the most different type of athlete, uh, explosive type of athlete nobody has seen in the draft before. So I think I can have an opportunity to uh, be up there. Your head coach with the Houston Rockets, first year with the Rockets is Ima Udoka. Obviously, he led the Boston Celtics to the finals. What do you think is the biggest lesson that you've learned from him? What have you seen from him that has helped you the most thus far? I would say uh, every time, you know, the advice he just gives me every time I step on the floor, just, you know, play my game, be myself, and just, you know, let the uh, game come to me itself. But um, I think uh, he can definitely help me in many ways. Um, he's a great coach. I mean, he definitely showed that when he was at the Celtics. So I think um, it'll be a great learning experience just to learn from him and uh, be under his wing. You got a chance to play with some of your current Rockets teammates, Jabari Smith Jr. being one of them, Tari Eason being another. What did they showcase to you? What do you think of them as players and how you all are going to fit together? I mean, they took me right under their wing also, just um, learning, learning like where I'm at on the floor, yeah. making me get comfortable uh, with the new team, new coaches. And then, you know, they encourage me every day. They know. Uh, I'm capable of, they know my potential, and they always just push me at the end of the day. What does the rest of your summer look like now that summer league's behind you and you're about to make that transition yeah. into being a rookie in the NBA? Well, first I had to come back home to Maryland, so I'm here now. I had to you know, see my parents a couple more times, see friends and family, uh, first and foremost, so that after that, um, get right back to the grind. So, um, yeah, just working out um, for this training camp It's coming up. Well, when you get back to the grind, you're getting back to the grind in Houston. Whenever we talk about Houston on this show, we need to bring in our Houston resident, Kendrick Perkins. I know he has a couple of questions for you. Uh, there we go. One, one. <laughs> Look, I'll, listen, as soon as you get down to the H-Town, turkey leg hood, trill burger is on you, okay? I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting for the invitation. That's first thing yeah, first. I'm Second not, thing, I'm man, congratulations. All right, well, congratulations on winning the MVP of the Summer League. Don't take that for granted. That's a big accomplishment. But here's the thing I want to I want to ask you. All right, in the Summer League, obviously you had the ball in your hand a lot more. You were able to do your thing. Going into training camp, right, now all of a sudden you have, you know, uh, Eason and you have, you know, Fred Van Vliet and, and, and Kevin Porter Jr. and, you know, uh, all these young guys that already, uh, you know, kind of established themselves in the first year. Now, all of a sudden, you coming in as a rookie. I need to know what is your mindset and your role coming into training camp to convince Emei Yudoka that you, one, should be getting quality minutes, and two, he should be a guy that you should trust. I mean, just me overall, just my game, like whatever the coach wants me to do. I'll do it. I mean, if he wants to play the five, guard the big man, I'll do it. Guard the guard, point guard, I'll do it. Once we bring the ball up, once we play off ball, three and D wing, I'll do it. So, um, I mean, just, you know, playing off with him, he may, just um, him being a good coach and knows what he's actually uh, doing, has that coaching uh, competitive spirit um, in him. I think it would be a great fit, but uh, 
I'll say anything that would just impact the team in a way possible. I mean, we already got a lot of guys um, just, you know, that simplified themselves, like as stars in the league. And also we have a championship veteran there uh, with Fred Van Vliet. So, I mean, I think it would be a great fit. But uh, overall, just me being there and packing the team in many ways possible. Well, on this show, when I, when I drop balls and give a little knowledge, we call it perkism. But I want to give you a little advice heading into training camp. As a, as a vet, right? Look at me as a vet, not as a TV personality, okay? If I were you, the first thing I would do before training camp is actually walk into Ime Udoka office and ask him, hey, coach, what, is, what, you, what you expect my role to be, what you expect out of me, and that's what you need to capitalize on. Oh, well, I got you. I mean, we both have that great, great relationship with each other. So, I mean, that's what worked out in that. Yeah, I mean, a, a great head coach who's led a team to the finals, who certainly is looking to lead this young group in Houston. Cam Whitmore, the Summer League MVP. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us here on NBA Today. We cannot wait to see what you do next in the NBA. Thank you for having me. Coming up on NBA Today, we're going to stick with Summer League as it is officially over. The best plays from Vegas on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. You're watching NBA Today. My Summer League experience has been, you know, super fun. You know, I'm learning with the guys. We're, we're just building a connection and a bond. You know, I'm super excited. Uh, good. It's been, you know, it's our entry, entryway into the NBA, so it feels great. Honestly, it's just been a great experience, you know, being able to just try to build chemistry with your teammates, being able to just be out there playing 5 on 5 again, and just going up against people who are fighting for jobs just makes it that much more exciting and just that much worth it to play. Uh, it's fun. Just enjoying everybody, going to all the meetings, learning a lot of stuff. Being with the team, it's a lot of fun. Oh, it's been amazing. Uh, you know, I grew up watching Summer League and, and coming every year. So to be able to be a part of it and have my family and friends in the crowd, uh, get my first pro reps, uh, it's been fun. It's been super exciting, you know, getting able to compete against, you know, so many different talents and being able to finally put on that, you know, NBA uniform. Um, it's just been a surreal experience. Right, so now that Summer League is officially over, let's do a little top of the top Summer League edition. And we're going to stop, start, or stop, oh. with the top <laughs> oops, because it's Sard Thompson. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Little reverse. I'm telling you, Sean Weaver did his thing. We all remember this one. Guy Jones over Victor yes. Wembanyama. Ooh, sitting, sitting Even in the arena. Don't play a yeah. minute. That was the highlight of his career. And I don't know if that's a dunk, though. Well, we also have top transition for you. Ooh. Oh, that, that's how you put, that's how you snatch the screws out of the basket right there. Watch the cup. Oh. And then later, this is the same game. Oh. Shaden Sharp, he does that in the oh. NBA, he does it in Summer League, he does it everywhere he goes. Ooh. Well, I, I, that's a dunk I guess contest he right didn't there. He did watch the NBA last year. Yeah, I, for facts. Did you see this one, Perk? Max Christie? This one, oh. I mean. It's a nice dunk for a player the Lakers really have some good expectations for this year. Ooh. Does it count Golden, against Golden State in summer leagues? Yeah, everything counts. Yeah, 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 everything counts. That counted. Oh. Body to body. Perk's I, reaction to all of these makes my day. If I get another bam, yeah. we're going to be set. 
Wemby tipping it to himself. He didn't even jump. That, that's cheating. <laughs> Did that's he even cheap. jump here? Look at that. I mean, it yeah, looks like he's playing on a Nerf hoop. <laughs> yeah, that's cheap. This one's nice, oh. too. <laughs> Look at Richard's face. <laughs> Ooh, Richard will be hosting the show tomorrow. All right, guys, Slam Ball is back, and opening night is Friday on ESPN and ESPN Plus. It all starts at seven o'clock Eastern. You good, Perk? Yeah, we back in 60 seconds. Yes, sir. Coming up on NBA Today, Steph Curry <laughs> challenged Sabrina Unescu to a three-point contest. We're going to see what she had to say in 60 seconds, Perk. That is a sign of Tonight on SportsCenter at 6 Eastern, Kirby Smart addresses the challenge of chasing a third straight national championship. We're live at SEC Media Days. Plus, Desmond Ritter joins the show. How the Falcons QB is approaching his first full season as starter. And a live report from the Women's World Cup as the U.S. women prepare for Friday's opening game. Sports Center, 6 Eastern on ESPN. The second half of the WNBA season tips off tonight. The Aces, they've been in control all year. They're on pace to win 36 games, which would shatter the WNBA record 29, and their 9.05 win percentage would also be the best all-time. Now, the Liberty, they're on pace to win 31 games. That would be eight more, right, in their single-season record. They're also on pace to post a 700 win percentage for the first time in franchise history. And then there's Jewel Lloyd. She has Ooh. scored at will, I mean, all year long, Ramona, averaging 25.7 points per game. That's on pace to be the highest scoring average in league history. The current record is 25.3 by Diana Taurasi. That was in 2006. Here are our next WNBA games. Saturday on ESPN, the Sun are at Atlanta taking on the Dream at 1 Eastern. And then Asia Wilson, the 19-2 Aces square off against Nafisa Collier in the Lynx. Coverage tips with WNBA countdown at 12 30 Eastern. Yesterday, we had Steph Curry on the show, and here's what he had to say about Sabrina Unescu's three-point contest shootout. Win a golf tournament or win a three-point contest? Ooh, that's a, I went, well now I got, I got to go after Sabrina's record, so I got something to shoot for now that she went crazy with the 37 points in their All-Star weekend, so I guess we got to settle that one for sure, mm. who's the better point shoot three-point uh, competition shooter so Sabrina she responded to Steph she said let's get that it sounds like her I mean I, I'm watching perk pulling up with my popcorn what do you think oh I'm pulling up too with more than just popcorn give me oxy some ice cream and all type of things but for sure it's must-see TV and I and I don't even want to choose I don't even want to pick I just want to enjoy the show I think it's a sign. I mean, you were saying as we were heading into break, this is a sign of respect. Remember? It is. I mean, he's not going to challenge her if he doesn't think it's going to be close like this. Like, that is, he saw what she did and the numbers she put up in the at the All-Star Weekend in yeah. Vegas and was like, let's go. I mean, game respect game. 25 in a row, right? Uh, she, I mean, they they know each other. Okay? 20 in a row. So he's not just calling out some they They worked out together. They know each mm -hmm. other. She's patting her game after him. Like, that's, that's there's a basis can, there. Can we? Can I take a moment to appreciate the WNBA? I mean, the viewership is up. Yep. They've been producing and handling their business. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. Reach for carry on. 